0: Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. You've probably seen those hilarious pictures of people who grow to look like their dogs, right? Uh, And it's a cliche that old married couples come to resemble each other over the decades. Not sure how true that is, but it's, it's a cliche anyways. I am convinced, however, that it's true for our jobs. We actually do come to be shaped, at least interiorly. By the jobs we hold and the responsibilities we shoulder in those jobs, and that means that we should always ask, how our jobs uh, are shaping us. Uh, are they? I mean, we talk about this in terms of our entertainment, right? Okay, we should talk about it in terms of our jobs as well. How, are they shaping us in a way that uh, enable us to love more deeply, to serve more broadly? I know that the jobs I've held over the years have shaped me and reinforced certain patterns of thought within me. For instance, I spent a summer selling roofing and siding door-to-door. <laughs> yes, I did, in towns around Kalamazoo and Battle Creek and Michigan. I'm not even sure if they do much door-to-door selling anymore, but back then it was common enough. And to this day, if I'm walking to a residential neighborhood, I I glance up at the roofs to see if the shingles look ragged or if the keyway spacing looks right. And this, the way that jobs shape you, and in my case, me, became crystal clear to me after 10 years of managing retail bookstores. I'll tell you the story on this. Shortly after my adult conversion to Christ, when I was still a student at Michigan State, I was uh, given one afternoon uh, in uh, just... Uh, an incredibly strong sense of mission and call. And I knew I would spend my life sharing the gospel and the truths of the Christian faith. It wasn't much more specific than that. Um, It it wasn't that I felt called to the pastorate or into foreign missions or to manage some parachurch ministry, just that I would spend my life sharing the gospel and the truths of the Christian faith. But after I graduated, uh, married Sally, and had no success at all as a freelance writer, two friends of mine offered to train me to manage the Logos Christian bookstore that they co-owned in East Lansing. And they spent months training me in retail management and merchandising, and it was a gift. Uh, It equipped me for my work in other bookstores for the next 10 years after. And this comported nicely with my sense of mission to disseminate the truths of the Christian faith. Um... You know, I had lots of friends who were going to seminary at the time, but uh, it wasn't for me. Uh, This is what I had immediately—the task had been put in front of me to manage these stores. Well, after they sold their store in East Lansing, my wife Sally and I moved to the Detroit area to manage another Logos bookstore. And after two years or so, we ended up acquiring 10 bookstores that needed to be completely redesigned and relaunched with a new corporate identity, Eden Books uh, was the name. And I didn't find any intrinsic conflict between my calling to spread the truth of the faith uh, and my work in retail management. I was carrying out the mission of spreading the faith. We put a lot of money and time in creating a retail floor space that had plenty of room for uh, people to sit, prayer, uh, the fellowship, conversation, coffee, uh, browsing, reading. We bought in all new signage, We uh, organized all the book categories, all the— f- fixture and furniture changed. And we were a very high-touch retail operation, even as we worked at that time with the best inventory control software uh, that was in our industry. We treated our customers, we were all trained to treat our customers as though they were members of the body of Christ, brothers and sisters, before they were customers. And thankfully— the staff I had there loved the new vision for the stores, and so well, they were trained and listening to the wants and needs of customers, and they were, rec- would recommend books in a way that a doctor would prescribe medicine. Right, so customers again became friends. It was very familial, and we did our best to understand uh, business as ministry and serving others, and uh, we did we did fine financially. Now, obviously, a business must operate in the black or it will collapse. So it was important to do the work of retail, Uh, diligently control expenses, uh, renegotiate leases when you can, keep clean inventory, look at the turnover of the inventory. But the owner of the stores and myself as the general manager uh, saw eye to eye on the absolute necessity of the stores being outposts for ministry and service for those who came into the stores. We didn't just want to be selling material. We wanted to be creating a much more a ministerial outpost, so to speak. Well, I continued to do the work of an evangelist in my personal relationships and with you know, new people I would meet. And on occasion, I'd be asked to conduct Bible studies or to speak on apologetics at local churches. But the sweat of my brow, that was running bookstores. That was my task. And then an incident occurred that, over years, made me realize that I had neglected an important aspect of retailing. A young man with whom I'd spent untold hours uh, helping out with Bible study, uh, praying with, um, just being a listening ear, came into our store in Taylor, Michigan, uh, one Friday afternoon, He was carrying Bob Dylan's Slow Train Coming album. Now, this was the first of a few explicitly Christian albums that Dylan recorded in the late 70s and early 80s. We carried the album in our store at the standard retail price, but he was flush with enthusiasm because he had just purchased it for a dollar cheaper at a large retail outlet just down the street from us, You know, a place similar to what Target's is today. Now, a buck wasn't a big deal from my perspective. But from his perspective as a customer, it was enough for him to leave us behind and shop elsewhere in spite of the amount of time lavished on him and his girlfriend as they hung around our stores. And, you know, um, I realized that customer loyalty that I had presumed existed uh, wasn't really strong enough to withstand a dollar discount. You know, at the time, I experienced it as a bit of betrayal, but look. I was young, I finally accepted the fact that for most people, saving a buck was decisive. They didn't mean me any harm by this, but they would shop where they could save money. And my emphasis on service and ministry and the amount of time and money invested in training our staff and designing our retail space, that would always be subordinate to their interest in saving money. No matter how much I wish it was different, when we were in my stores, our relationship was first of all customer and merchant, not brother and sister. Again, there's nothing immoral about that, Uh, and I get frustrated when I hear so-called social justice Catholics look at business ownership or management as somehow tainted. I never felt that way then or now. Business is a form of ministry. It is a form of service. But I did realize that if I were to excel in my job as a retail manager, I needed to spend more time really focusing on buying and selling with an eye to saving my customers a few extra dollars. And that meant working more effectively with publishers and distributors to buy in greater volume, get them to pay the shipping costs, make sure that our Christmas inventory was nailed down in July because that was when wholesale discounts were the greatest. I was already doing much of that, but it wasn't the priority that it would be, need to be in the future. The reason I knew this is because a, a friendly acquaintance of mine, not quite a friend, but a friendly acquaintance of mine, was the general manager of a competing chain of stores. And we, we talked you know now and then, and uh, we often compared notes about publishers and authors and trends, uh, different Christian events, And he loved the challenge of buying and selling, of negotiating and renegotiating, of wheeling and dealing, squeezing an extra percent off the standard discount. Now, I would feel the satisfaction that comes from a job well done, but he was energized by it. And it summoned up all his creative juices at trade shows. I'd watch him visiting and tangling with all the major publishers. He came prepared with a few alternate strategies to get what he wanted and reduce his cost of goods by a percent or even two. And that's significant. He was in his glory doing that. I wasn't. Uh, I finally realized that to really be all in on this project, I would have to set aside the more ministerial side of my life and and focus on being a better steward of all these retail resources. Now, both things were acceptable, but I felt in my bones that for me to stay in the retail world would have shaped me in ways that didn't feel quite right, given who I understood myself to be at that time. I went off on a personal retreat in July of 1985, Uh, this is when this was becoming exceptionally clear to me. And I told the Lord that if I still felt this way after Christmas, I would have to take that as a signal that it was time to find new work that was somehow better suited to who he had created me to be. Well, in the following October, just a few months later, a friend of mine called uh, who was resigning his pastorate, and he asked me, If I would consider uh, candidating to pastor uh, the small church that uh, he was pastoring and I had occasionally taught at and had done some street evangelization with over many years, and it was a surprise to me, but after the usual consultation with, of course, Sally and then close friends in the Lord, I said, yeah. Well, the congregation voted in December, and after Christmas, I began pastoring this church. My work there led to an offer to try out talk radio a year later, and eventually my responsibility as a pastor forced me to reconsider Jesus' will for his church, and that eventually led me, you know, into full communion with the Catholic Church. You know, what we do in our jobs will shape us. I still look at roofs, and I still wonder about books and pricing and publishing and discounting. It has never left me. Um. But it would have been a mistake for me to have merely settled for, you know, a well-done job when I actually sensed that Christ was signaling a different way, more in keeping with who he had created and redeemed me to be. I look back, and I'm very grateful for what uh, back then and today seemed like pretty clear guidance. Had I not been honest with myself and considered first in thought, then in prayer— then in consultation with my spouse, then with close friends, and then by asking fellow Christians to confirm my gifts and calling that I believed I had received, then my life would have been very different for me and for my family for certain. And I would have been deprived of the work that I've been able to do with Ave Maria, with all the outstanding men and women at EWTN, and lastly, with all of you who have given me this platform. So, Instead of talking about Black Friday today, I'm going to continue to bask in the spirit of thanksgiving, thanking God, my friends at Ave Maria and EWTN, and you for giving me such an outstanding number of years. Thank you.